Episode 15 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm Sam, he's Peter, and it's a normal intro. I Good. wouldn't call it normal. I mean, you, I mean, you said things and introed. And it was good. It was very clean. Everyone knows what they're listening to. They know that I'm Sam. They know that you're Peter. But I've said that every time. You it's episode said what... 15. Yeah. You know? Clean. Crisp and efficient. It's fantastic stuff. Anyway... I feel under duress already. <laughs> I keep Peter here against his will. <laughs> I, suppose, I probably you probably with a stick and he talks about TV shows. <laughs> just just sit me there in like a chair with like toothpicks, yep. keeping my eyes open like in the Mr. Bean movie. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. I was talking to you before Help. about uh, Mr. Bean alarm Help. clock. That's what I need. There's a one where it's like this... Um, uh, well, yeah, the, the, uh, there's a type of setup. I can't remember what it is. Fuck, this is interesting. God, right, yeah. it's a, it's like a thing where it's like a, a an, un, an unnecessarily complicated series of things. You know, like those things. That you, yeah. They like do it for Ru- TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Rue Goldberg. Machine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Mr. Bean has one of them where it, a bunch of shit happens and eventually a kettle like is opened and the steam just shoots out onto his big toe until he wakes up. <laughs> and that is what I need because I've run through all of the other ones about like trying to get up and you know, the, the setting oh, the multiple just alarms got, just does not work. I've just gotten so bad at that. Post-it notes to myself, like post-it notes. I like wake up and I'm just like, well, fuck that guy. <laughs> he doesn't understand what I'm going through right now. <laughs> I need at least 20 more minutes of sleep. <laughs> yeah, he had a great night's sleep yesterday. <laughs> What's he complaining about? He just got to watch, binge watch Game of Thrones. That's why we're in this mess. <laughs> um, so that doesn't work. I, I've, I've looked up these alarm clocks that, um, you know, you turn them on and they pop out legs and they run off and hide. <laughs> uh, but I feel like the second, like the, maybe the second night or second morning that thing goes off, it's broken. It's just gone. It's broken. It's I just... mean, like, I'm going to catch it. Like, it's a little scary. You, you're, come, you're like... Menace. Yeah. I'm going I'm to break it. Like, your mum will walk into your room one day and be, oh, Sam, whatever happened to that incredibly expensive alarm clock yeah. prototype robot machine that I bought you? <laughs> I killed it. It's dead. There's it's... oil, like, everywhere. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a massacre. It's made of, like, steam and brass. I'm, like, very meticulously picking off its, like, little feet one at a time. <laughs> You're disassembling it, like, reverse you going it. Yeah. Terrifying. That's exactly what it's like. I need, clock- <laughs> I need a little automaton clockwork child. <laughs> to be like, hey, Mr. Sam. Yeah. Wake up, you bitch. Until I, until I horrifically murder it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, so we're drink- welcome. <laughs> welcome. We're drinking beer this week. Yeah. Just we are drinking Chang beer, which is a Thai beer. It's yeah. got an elephant on it. Chang means elephant, I think. I assume so. I know and we need to cheers. Yeah, it's cheers. the WBA World Beer Awards, awarded Asia's best premium lager. Let's have a, a little taste. Bottled in Thailand. What do we think? I noticed distinct beer tastes. 
I think this. Yeah, thing, I mean, it yeah. tastes like beer. I'm thinking it looks it might, like beer. I'm deducting beer. I'm deducting that question. its primary ingredient may be a liquid, possibly water. No. Yep. No, really. I mean, it's been 15 episodes, and bloody hell, we Sam. have not gotten better at like. Uh, have, you, <laughs> have you gained any sort of knowledge on beer? I feel like I have nah. sort of a, a a knack for it now, more of a knack. A knack? What do you mean, a knack for it? A like, knack for what? Like, if I tasted a beer now, I could put it in some a few like categories. You could put it in of my own category, design. So, like, yeah, oh, of your own design. Yeah, okay. like, I could be like, oh, that this um, tastes more like the sort of uh, the, like the, the the pure blonde that pure blonde that we drank a while back, or it's like these few beers Which they, we haven't drunk on like, the podcast yet. Oh, we haven't. That's right. We drank that recently, but yeah. You know, or it's like, oh, there's like, for me, there's like those beers like Pure Blonde. Those sort of more like, it's almost watery, as if there would be a, beers. It's like almost beers. as if there would be a name for them. Yeah. Someone there, should come up with a name for there them. There probably is. There is. It's called Lagers. I, I sort of don't want to know that. To me, it's, They're uh, lagers, it's, it's Sam. Sam's, Sam's watery beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's patented water beer. Yeah. And this one, this one's not that. This one's think. not that. Well, right. actually it is. Well, uh, Peter... It, you don't know what is in or is not in Sam's watery beer. I'm telling you, not in Sam's watery beer. Okay, weirdo. This is definitely a lager. But it's not a Sam water. It tastes beer. a bit more hoppy. Yeah? Which is a word. <laughs> you know, the, there's, there's been going around. I don't know, this is pretty good. I, this, I like this for a, for a lager. Like well, I'm, the, not, I'm not... I, I mean, I like a it. a massive fan of lager, yeah. like... It, it tends to be the most sort of common beer you get in Australia is lagers because we have such hot weather. Um, and I pre- tend to prefer ales. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is actually pretty nice. I, I expected it to be garbage. Comment on the nice. bottle. Uh, it looks You're right. a fan of the... It's got like, elephants? If we look at the camera and point at the camera because we're recording this on the camera despite the fact that we've never released any videos. Yeah. Ooh, and we continue could there to be do a reason so. why we record things on, on video? Find I out. mean, yes. Sometime. Find out sometime in the when, when in the distant future. We get around many years from now when they find the archives do. of what what we decided to do in our early twenties. It was record a podcast and Could you, never release videos. I wanted to talk to you about about something before we start. A sort of alternative topic. I've just remembered it. Um, oh god! So I'm just going to ambush you. Uh, before we get into our homework movie, which is more like our homework director. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Apocalypses. We were talking about this yesterday. Yes. And I okay. thought you brought out a good point, which is we sort of landed on what you really need to preserve in in the kind of world-ending event where you're the only person alive. If you're in, like, your last man on Earth yeah. type, everybody just suddenly disappears or dies or whatever. Yeah. And it's just you. You need to on get on planet. that internet because, it, like, power, so, uh, we've worked out that's okay because you're, you're one guy... Yeah, so, we, so we were talking about this and like what you would do in the apocalypse. And the, the key part to answering this question and what would you do in the apocalypse is first of all, defining what kind of apocalypse you're talking about. Right. And in this there's, case it's just... there's your zombie apocalypse, there's your vampire apocalypse, there's your, I don't know, devil apocalypse probably. This is somewhere there's in between. There's the earth it burns. Yeah. And everybody dies in a horrible fire apocalypse. Winter there's finally the... comes and the white walkers kill us all. Yeah. There's that apocalypse. There's lots of monster apocalypses. That kind of covers all the monster apocalypses. Then you've got yeah. your horrible virus apocalypse. Which is like, just depressing most of the time, depending on the movie you're watching, especially. Yeah. Is that one Matt Damon, Damon movie? Contagion? 
Was that was that Matt? That wasn't Matt Damon. Which one was Matt Damon in? It was. I'm pretty sure it was Contagion. Nah. It's that one where like the the virus is sweeping around and it it covers a, a few different storylines, including Morpheus. He's there. Oh, maybe it is Contagion. Oh, it's Matt Damon. He's like a dad. I'm pretty sure Matt Damon's not in Contagion. But I don't actually know. I haven't seen the movie, but I'm pretty sure he's not. Anyway. And yet another opportunity presents itself where Peter could be wrong. (laughs) This is great fun. (laughs) We're just going to power through though, Sam. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So we got those type of apocalypse movies. Right. Um, And I think, like, you can address them pretty simply. The virus one, um, you know, I'm already a bit of a a gem freak. And you would not cope. My two, my, you would just my two uh, reactions. That the I, I reckon in like a virus apocalypse, you would just be the unfortunate guy who Got is sick first. No, you would be the unfortunate guy. The you can maybe hmm, no, you, yeah, you get sick first, but you develop an immunity to the virus, but you don't realize you're immune to the to the virus or that you're sick. So you're just constantly living in a state of constant terror. That you you're going to get sick and are just the ultimate germaphobe. But I'm actually but you, immune. But you're actually immune. Well, that's okay. So you do to, to walk the earth and be perpetually terrified of catching this virus. <laughs> that's what would happen to you. And then eventually we'll just move into our third category of just you're the last person around. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's your, that's your third yeah. type of book apocalypse. Oh, but I wanted the, to address... In Peter's big book of apocalypses. Yeah. It's got like <laughs> a leather-bound the... thing, gold <laughs> writing... No, to, to uh, I mean, my reaction to, to the first two is quite boring. And yeah, yeah. I think we we'll talked about so it, then, which is so like, we'll just we'll just quickly define the third apocalypse. Third yeah. apocalypse is just it just everybody disappears. It's just you. It's like it's like it's, it's like in um, the leftovers. Just like the yeah. entire population of the earth just is gone. Yeah. You wake up one day and you you like walk down the street to get your morning paper and it's not there. And you're like, oh. What happened above the the paper delivery guy? Oh, that's right. I should go it's down 2016 and I haven't done that in ages. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk down to the news agent to get your paper because the internet's not working for some reason. So you got to find out about the, the local yeah. happenings. I would love someone, for someone to answer that if you're listening and you you actually know about this. How, if, if the world just... If like people were just deleted, apart from me, is the internet still up? What's going on with that? Is it around for a little bit? Well, can you let me finish my definition anyway, of, yeah. of everybody leaves apocalypse? Open up the big so you, leather bound. So, yeah, you, you, like, go to get your paper and you can't get your paper. So, you just go down to the local news agent and there's just no one there. And then you go to the shops and there's also no one there. Oh, no. And you realize, oh, shit, I'm the last man on earth. And that's the apocalypse. Yep. So, go on. Well, my, <laughs> my question first is, yeah, we've had this discussion a lot, at least for the, the zombie one. And I'm entirely convinced, I know that this is everyone's story, but I'm entirely convinced that I would survive in the zombie apocalypse. Nah, I'm not surviving. With a companion, zero percent chance. (laughs) Um, Because my reaction is straight up lone wolf and just like, my reaction is like stone cold. I skip right to the end. This is the way I'm explaining it. And the contagion one too, right? The first hint I see, I hear of a zombie thing. Did you, killing you, my neighbors. like, oh, there's been some mysterious yeah. missing people out in Vermont in America. Boom. Boom. Both my neighbors killed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating them for sustenance <laughs> and I'm stealing their, their like, uh, their dried food. I'm stealing their, their tin stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm taking any generators they have. Any gun bush. Yep. And then I'm just, yep, straight up. And the first person that it's, comes it's towards good. me when in, in like a contagion environment. I've got my mask on, 
anybody tries to come within like two feet of me that I, I don't know I don't know if they're sick or not, dead. Stab right the heart. Well, that's dead. it's it's good that you would admit this on the podcast. It's a great way for your girlfriend to find <laughs> out about it, find out about how you who you truly are as a person. Yeah, I'm worried that that that, that in in reality, like that's really going to stuff me up is caring about people. You know, like I'm gonna have I'm gonna, I'm probably going to be one of those people that's like, oh, he could have survived on his own. But he had to save the people he loved, and, and, and di- he was the first person to die. I like sacrifice myself <laughs> so that like people can leave or something like that. But yeah. I think I could. I think I could keep one other person alive in a sort of follow the, follow the lead you, buddy system. But you would. You, but you just said that you would if you had to look after another person. Yeah. Dead. But what I would do is I I'd activate. I know. I turn my powers now. <laughs> I I like act like I was alone, and then you can have like one person who's just. So you act like shut up and you act like you're alone, but you're not alone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It does make sense. Um, I think I would definitely just probably kill myself in a zombie apocalypse because that's just it's fucked. pretty rough. I I just I I don't want any part of that. There's no way that's happening for me, especially since this is like a, a there's a secret desire for that to happen, just so I can become more, like you know, more valued in the society. We go regress back to like warrior style culture where they worship the people. <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah. just no, nah, I that's not a society I want to be a part of. I don't. Yeah. I I'd, I'd rather just I straight shoot up myself in the head than oh. be slowly devoured by my family. <laughs> or something just terribly tragic like that. I pity the guy who, uh, like any any strangers who like decide to like knock on our door to shelter in the apocalypse because they're dead. <laughs> like I'm not taking. <laughs> you, You'll be like that family in um, the Book of Eli. Yeah, yeah. The the crazy taking the valuables. I'm eating them. Yeah. No one's coming out. Yeah. All right, so how would you, how would you deal with the I'm not eating with them. the contagion apocalypse? Because I think I, I wouldn't kill myself for that kind of apocalypse. The contagion. Like apocalypse. you've heard what I think would happen to you in that apocalypse. What do you think would happen to you in that apocalypse? Uh, well, you know, I think we will start off with a pretty good base. Australia is isolated. It's true, uh, and we got a lot of space. That's out in the bush. That's no denying that. So it's I'm, a distinct fact. I'm heading out bush. It when there's not like just immediate like zombies. Uh, maybe I'll try and take a few people that I like with me to eat them uh, <laughs> as like food reserves. No. <laughs> First of all, I'm not eating them because in both scenarios, I'm not entirely sure whether eating them would like make me a zombie or infect me. And That's that is true. the only reason why I'm not eating. Yep. Yep. No, yep. I'm not eating them, but I feel like I could take a few of them with me. Um, just as soon as someone coughs, I'm, I'm killing them. They're just straight like, up. If they're in the group, yeah. As soon as like the 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 deck. Like, oh, I've got a cold. No, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's happening. And I, I mean, I guess I try and go go out bush, but I think it would quickly turn into. See, the thing is, people think that the zombie, the key ingredient to why it's like such a bloodbath in a zombie apocalypse is the fact that there's zombies. It's not. I mean, I think it's just another contagion thing. Like, zombies, yeah, they're slow, but they just re- represent that sort of creeping danger of exposure. You know, if you go outside, you need shelter, you need resources, right? So, the crazy swine, swine flu thing hits, right? You go outside, you know, too much and you're exposed, you get sick, 
you go into a big group of people, you get sick. You need resources. There's going to be struggling. I just, I just thought of a fourth kind of apocalypse, but we'll get okay. to that. <laughs> it, it's just like, it's exactly the same, I think. There's going to be people killing people for stuff everywhere. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So my, my reaction is going to be the same. We walk into the shopping center and like, oh, there's that other group. And we wave to them. Um, and I'm like at the back, you know, I'm like, I wave too, but like reluctantly. And they're like, oh, we're a family also traveling to the central Australia. Don't worry. We're not sick. And then one by one, I invite them into the storage closet until they're all dead because we can't risk that. Why would they follow you into the storage closet? <laughs> one by one. <laughs> hey, oh, because he's um, going to give us a nice haircut. Hey, the queue is in here. <laughs> Just let me, let We've me got murder you with paper. this can of soup. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's just not worth it. No. Okay. All right. Just, just truth um, as, as a side as a side note. What's your fourth? The fourth yeah. the, my fourth in the fourth apocalypse in Peter's big book of apocalypses. Yeah. If we ever is, get like enough uh, backing, that's definitely. Gonna I'm be writing some... my big book of apocalypses. Yeah, our merch is going to include this book. But <laughs> just a, a leather bound book. Yeah. That smells of rich mahogany. This is you explaining apocalypses really, really simply. <laughs> so. The fourth kind of apocalypse that I've thought of is nuclear fallout apocalypse. Mm. Which is this is a kind interest- of rad roach one? Yeah. So this is like 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 your fallout wasteland apocalypse. Oh, I love that. So just like the world has gone into nuclear winter, winter and everybody's nuked each other and you have weird like cool s- people. society rising again. It's society rising again. Okay. See, that's After- different because that's more like Wild Wild West and in, in that one, I'm going to be... Uh, a bounty hunter. <laughs> like I want to, I want to have friends and like be. You were res- a vest made of. I want to be a res- skin. Yeah, I want to be a respected member of society. I want to walk into the town. People be like, "Oh, it's that guy." It's that guy. Just, just wherever you go, it plays the din. Yeah, I mean, I'm really ready. And, for a, us and to an s- eagle squawks. Yes, I'm ready for us to start again, so I can be feared. <laughs> just the lone. So that's respected. I'm gonna like take contracts. But I'm gonna like only take contracts on like corrupt people, and if anybody looks at me sideways in the saloon, they're dead. <laughs> you only take it for corrupt people, except <laughs> for people who look at you funny. <laughs> because you can't show weakness. <laughs> you know, you challenge a man's strength. You, you don't in, think... in the wild west. You're gonna get murderated. Can't do that. I don't think we need to get that far. Murdering. I'm going to attain true grit. <laughs> so now this this logically leads us to the third yeah. po- apocalypse number three, which is what we were discussing. Um, which is what we were discussing. The last man on earth apocalypse. Yeah. Where it's just like where it's just you. And yeah. You're like hanging out, and you can do like they're doing that show in, on the last man on earth, and like go to museums and get cool shit. Like, take the de- Declaration of Independence and, like, write your name on it and shit. <laughs> and, like, fill up a pool full what, of margarita mix. What happens when the... Mi- it's, it's, like, the, the ending from that movie, The Mist, where, like, you find out that it's only that's your small town that's been affected. What's the movie, The Mist? you never seen The Mist? I've not seen The Mist. Just to spoil the whole thing. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a pretty old movie. But yeah. in the... It's basically one of those apocalypse, like the mist rolls in and they think it's everywhere. Yeah. And with it, it brings these crazy, in, like, insane very, people. A bunch of different variations of weird monsters. Like, there's yeah. like these weird spider monsters that like lay eggs in people. It's like a really creepy horror kind of thing. And the very end, 
like the mist is totally consuming them and they're in this car. Yeah. It's the main character and his family. Is this the mist or is this the fog? Because <laughs> there's two movies very similar. Anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, and he's like, fine. And he looks at the gun as the mist rolls in. There's four bullets and there's like five of them in the car. So he shoots everyone and he like is the one with like no bullets. So he, he he's going to have to get killed like slowly by the mist guys, right? Yeah. And then the car just like rolls out further enough that they realize that the mist only engulfs their town and the military like drives by. And they're, like, saved. And then he just breaks down in tears because it's, like... It literally happens about a minute after he kills everyone. Man, that's heavy. Right? But, but I like the idea that you've, like, just taken the Declaration of Independence and just, like, crapped on it. And, like, it's done all this stuff. Like, and you find out that it's using not... to wipe your ass. Yeah, and you find out it's not the entire world. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> and you're in some the deep Brisbane, shit. The Brisbane Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> when Brisbane became uh, when Brisbane was annexed state. from the rest of Australia yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what would you what would you do in that apocalypse well, uh, yeah I, I was thinking the, the most important I think the, like you, just you reckon you... that the most important thing was entertainment yeah and I reckon as an extension to that and also my thing that's the most important is um, you gotta find some way to have power because yeah. power is life. But I think the power situation is not going to be... You can't watch TV or play video games without power. We discussed... Oh, video games are a great option too. They'll keep you going for a while. Yeah, play a bit of Fallout. You, Witcher you, 3 you buy and... The Witcher 3, you won't be done with that by the time you die. <laughs> <laughs> you can just keep playing that your whole life. Live for 800 years and... Yeah, but I think the important thing is to like get external, high, like imaginative input from other people who think differently to you. And for that, I'd go to the internet, right? And what do you mean by input? Like interaction, you books, mean? Like, like you could read books or vlogs would be your savior, right? Because it's almost like having a daily conversation with someone. Like, how's your day? Yeah, you could read it out loud in a different voice and pretend you're having a conversation. Yeah, and go mad. <laughs> I mean, no I matter mean, what you do, you're gonna in go this scenario, mad. you're going mad a yeah. little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's the most important thing. So my question was, the internet how how long does it last when everyone dies? Yeah, that's a good question. And because I really there's, don't there's know. so much infrastructure that keeps the internet going, and it is so yeah. vastly, incredibly complicated. I'm assuming you would have a window, like, right? I'm yeah, assuming yeah. first of all that like this happens suddenly, no one shuts anything off. Yeah, it'd be right? it definitely has to be the kind of apocalypse where it's just everybody just disappears and stuff. So like, like a, just a stupid it, stuff just one hundred itself. Yeah. Sorry? Like a stupid the one hundred plot or something where like mysteriously everyone vanishes. Yeah, like so you just gotta like so just stuff just keeps happening for a certain period of time and then it starts to fail. Rather than like yeah. uh an apocalypse where um stuff fails and then there's like nukes go off because nobody's got their finger on the button stopping like right. stopping discharging the magnetic stuff to keep the world from exploding like and lost. Yep. <laughs> yep, you sound convinced. Anywho, but that's, anyway, that's yes. I'm getting a bunch of as much memory as I can get my hands on, and I'm downloading as much shit as I can before the internet goes out. I think I'm going to start with with vlogs, uh, and then I'm going to go, no, maybe? Well, first of all, you can have a bunch of things going at the same time. Yeah, you just like go to the local um, JB Hi-Fi, just you get just, a bunch just of laptops, downloading stuff. just yeah. stack them up, like 
bring get like a get like a from van. Different, go to different people's like houses, different people's internet connections before they all get fucked. Yeah. Just start just like oh. just to start hammering the downloads. Yeah. Blogs, Pirate Bay, all the the movies and TV. Something pornography. Like, something that's I know important. nothing about. Grab some pornography. Uh because why not? I mean it's everywhere. I mean, if you just start hitting download, eventually you're accidentally going to come across <laughs> Then you yeah, want to... chances are... But yeah, the most important with... thing is human interaction. Then you want to grab a lot of, a lot of like, books. Mm. Although that's not as big a priority, I think. No, because... Just because that's... Just seeing someone's they, face and shit. Unless there's just just um, spontaneous fires all over the planet. <laughs> you can read... Which is a distinct that. possibility. Yeah. Um, it's probably... Yeah, like, the interesting books thing... Books aren't going to delete themselves from existence you could find uh where all this shit is you know like you're accessing a server somewhere and if the internet goes down you could still find the like the, the, the main the hard the storage place where, yeah. for where whatever the, the tr- only trouble with that is um the cloud no not not the cloud the only because because <laughs> it's still so- stored on servers yeah i really somewhere. don't know what the, cloud the only is. trouble with that is most of that's in like india and the states most of the stuff you'd even be interested in. Yeah. So first of all, to even get, get there, there is almost nothing. almost impossible. Like I don't know how to fly a plane, and I don't really want to try. I, I think I've got a lot of, my, enough stuff to do. Like here. we're definitely Australia bound. Yeah, although that's unfortunate because I want to break into George R. R. Mountain's house and see if he's got any sort of like rough drafts. <laughs> To find out how it ends. You could also... Oh, could you imagine that? you never find out how Game of Thrones ends. Yeah, I can imagine. And maybe that's better than the ending, you know? Certainly going to be more idealistic no. than the ending. Anyway. I w- I'd want to know. Yeah. I'd want to know. Those are our thoughts on the apocalypse. Those are the many apocalypses in Peter's big book of apocalypses. Out now in stores nowhere near you. In store in ABC, <laughs> ABC shops and centres. And on tape. You only get it on vinyl. And and cassette tape. And cassette. Yeah. And we've gone old. We also released a bunch release. of those wax wax cylinders where that like the first recorded sound was. You can also get wax it's cylinders. A, it's also on music boxes. You know those windy music boxes? Yeah, the mechanical ones. Yeah, we've found a found a way like it, it took a very, very long time. We did them all by hand actually. Uh yeah, Peter had the easy job because he like built the things. Whereas I got the hard job because yeah, I tattooed the whole thing um, onto a bunch of people's backs. So you, you can find... And they were, that was not an easy job because they were not cooperative. No, because, because if you're going to tattoo an entire story onto someone's back, you find the fattest guy you can and he knows why you chose him. But not only that, I mean, you didn't get that permission first. You just... <laughs> You just walked up to this person and got well, out they were there asleep and went zing and that's and how that's how quick and how <laughs> a, yeah it yeah, was a, it was a painless procedure works. for you. <laughs> he was in excruciating pain for many weeks. So that's our experiment in comedy. See what you th- <laughs> thought. Okay, after all this time, I suppose we should talk about movies now. We should talk about movies, TV, and games. Um, so this week. Um, our homework movie was a movie called Boy. Yes. And uh, we also went and saw uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. So by, the, those, same, by yeah. the same director. You want to have, um, a, have a crack at his name? Is it Taita Waititi? No, it's like Taka. Taika. I think Taka. Taika. Waititi? Waititi? 
Watatiki. Watiti? There's a K in it. Why do no, you want to just say titty? It's titi. Why titi? Is there not a K? There's no K. Taka, taka watati. Taka watati. <laughs> he's a Maori bloke from New Zealand. And he's a pretty awesome director. He is a great director. And really he's directing that. the new Thor movie. Really? Yeah. No way. Yes. He's is, dir- it gonna be, uh, is it going to be... Is Thor going to land on an entirely Kiwi planet? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, every single one of his movies has been set in New Zealand. Yeah, and, and using New Zealand actors. Has he been in all of his movies? I think so. So we've, we've also seen... He was also in Green Lantern. Yeah. And we, so we've also, we've also watched um, What We Do in the Shadows. I've seen that twice. I've seen it once. Yep. And that's Good another movie. one of his movies. So yeah. we, what we right, thought so, was, well, we'll just do it. We'll just do a whole just, thing on him. Yeah. But we'll we'll start by talking about Boy because yeah. that was our homework movie. Do our regular homework movie thing yep. and then talk a bit more about some of his other films and give a bit of a review for Hunt for the Wilder People. So I always go on a big rant about... I, I always get amazingly sidetracked. You get amazingly sidetracked before we even tell people what the movie exactly. is. Exactly. So I thought so you could do it. Yeah. yeah. So Boy is a film, funnily enough, surprising... Everybody going into the cinema about a boy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're doing a workshop right now. Fuck off. <laughs> um, actually, one thing I did want to talk to you about is I loved how last episode <laughs> you decided, oh yeah, we're going to start censoring our fucks, but then you just censored your fucks <laughs> and not mine, which was, which I thought was just fantastic so I didn't notice that you had any and I think I listened to it on the car and I was like what well, you do you do yeah I definitely do but anyway I digress so boy is about <laughs> boy is about this um like 10 year old maybe yeah like 10 year old yeah. um yeah Maori kid uh and um so it is kind of about his life um he's what <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. Boy's about this guy, this kid called Boy, who lives in a... Nicknamed Boy. He lives in like a rural New Zealand yeah. town. He goes to school and stuff. Yeah, and it's and it's very much about that section of New Zealand that's very, very poor uh, demographic in, in New Zealand. Yeah. Which is yeah. an interesting contrast because I think it's strange it's, to it's like see poverty like it is. <laughs> Uh, with such a, a sort of disjointed backdrop, you know, like a, a backdrop of this beautiful New Zealand, uh, like countryside, countryside, and just and you know horrible poverty, just extreme poverty. But but also, it's not the kind of depressing poverty no. that you get in American. Films. Although I, I I didn't find this to be an overall like happy movie. You didn't to me. No, no, I definitely. No. It was definitely upsetting. So it, it, it's a segment of his life. Yeah, um, and I think it's. Yeah, so it's so about him realizing kid, some things about about what what is. It's a coming of age movie. Yeah, what is desirable in, uh, you know, in in an adult and and how uh, idealizing certain people like his father and and other people who are like cool uh, is probably not the right way to go. Yeah, so it's like so he his mother died. And his in, father was in jail, and it's him, his little brother, and a bunch of his cousins all live on this kind of farm type thing yep. with his grandmother. And his grandmother goes away to a funeral for two weeks, and he's left to look after all the other children. And how old and would his you dad think he would be? Up. 
like 11 or something. 11, something yeah. around that. So yeah. he's a pretty young kid. Yeah. Um, and it is mainly all sort of told from his point of view. Um, very great acting from a very young actor. Yeah, he does a great Yang job. Is Actually, in fact, I think a lot of the kids do a really good job. He's yeah. got um, one of his friends. Uh, she, her dad uh, has a little uh, weed farm on the yeah, side. Yeah, he's, like he's like a biker. And has, um, he's going weed in someone like else's crop stash. or something yeah. like that. And he gets the kids to pick it for him. Yeah. Um, she's really, she does, she's really great. Like her expressions, she doesn't get a lot of lines and, and I think she does a really good job. of. This, it's a very understated conveying. movie in terms of the dialogue. Like there is a lot of silence yeah. and it does convey a lot through just body, body acting. Yeah. And I think that. There are some points where the director's like personality really comes through. You can draw some lines, some parallels between like uh, all these different movies and some of the like, some of like the tone. And for me, in that part, it was in in the few like really happy moments. Um, there's like a thread going through here where both uh, boy and his father. Yeah. So his this, father turns up while his grandma's away. Yeah, at, straight out of prison. Yeah. Who and, he's hardly met. Like yeah. he hardly knows his father because his father was in prison. And he's been doing this thing that his father also does where. Um, it's like, uh, and I think it's a pretty common thing for kids, especially who aren't in a good place to like really, uh, try and like fantasize about their life and like, they basically just lie about what's going on or really overly. So boy has a very idealized view of his father. Um, and he's making, yeah, making up all this, all this stuff, basically just sort of trying to, um, trying to imagine a better life. And it, part of that um, is selling. You when, you when you do something like that, you sell it to them, but it's more, more about selling it to you. Yes. Uh, you say it more than once. And the, the way that you, you, the way that it works is, is that's almost how you remember it. There's a bit of translation that has to happen in your mind if you were to remember the truth, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, yes, he went, he was, my, my dad was the samurai and he's part of this big gang. Wait, no, he's not. Right. Like, yeah, that, that's how, yeah, that's like, yeah you, you really think that's and, and, and the movie does something, which I think is sort of become a bit more of a trademark of this director in that, um, for really quite confronting and tragic scenarios, it has like, hard cuts hard, silent hard cuts yeah, yeah to tragic scenes yeah like it has a hard cut to um just you get this view of this doorway with grandmother sitting in a chair yeah with yeah. a little baby and you see about half of the bed just covered in blood and a woman's figure there yeah and um that's how you they see the dad that. just with his hands in his arms sorry his his not his <laughs> with his like face in his hands just like silently sobbing yeah and it's like it flashed back to this memory of when his little brother was born yeah and the death of his mother yeah. um and it, it never belabors that as a plot point like it doesn't get caught up in in uh, a lot of expository dialogue explaining exactly what happens it just very simply yeah you know what happens. And although... That's one of the things that this movie does so effectively is it is a movie about dealing with tragedy and that kind of thing. And it it doesn't do it in a very expository, this is how this character is going to deal with it. You said this, blah, 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 big, long conversations. Yeah. It's more about 
actions and um like just visually portraying like showing not telling yeah yeah and um although this is the the other movies that we're going to talk about uh that he's he's directed are much more light or much lighter films but in in like the serious moments they have in them it's it's exactly the same sort of thing yeah there's there's one particularly serious moment in hunt for the hunt for the world of people and it's very much that you know i think it's a very it's it's a it's a really signature thing like yeah, it it's has like there's like hard, a tra- real there's a heart-wrenching cut. just tragic event and then it hard cuts to another situation and it just implies what would have happened. Yeah. It's a really it's a really um abrupt cut to like yeah. it's not like it's even a build up it's a character's death and it's not even a build up to her death it's just sort no, of it's one just, day it's just she just, falls just down. happy happy go lucky lucky everybody's enjoying themselves hard cut death hard cut funeral Moving on. Yeah, but somehow you, you, you know what's happened. Over the course of five minutes, yeah. something that in a lot of other films would be like a 20-minute protracted sequence yeah. effectively gets this plot point yeah. out of the way and it's it's more dealing with the effect of that on the the main character. And I think that was... It really it reflected well what like what the death was like because it was very much one of those like just out of the blue just out of the blue shit that happens in life kind of deaths where you're going along fine yeah. and you have a heart attack hanging out clothes you know and, and that's it that's it you just one day there one the next day you're not <laughs> yeah which I think is I think is a real trademark of this director and one of his real strengths is that he doesn't belabor the point no but I, I, it's not like it's it's not like uh, deaths in the in his movies are insignificant. No, because of it. it's just it's just a different way of dealing with it, and it's probably more a re, a more realistic way of dealing with it. Mm. Especially since people process grief, um, they don't do it instantly, and um, in the small the small brushes that I've had with that kind of thing, in that first ten minutes when you find something like that out, you're not compelled to give an articulate speech about the person or like how you, you know how tragic or you know all that sort of stuff you're not it's not you're not ready to give some sort of shakespearean thing you're probably not saying anything yeah you probably even haven't cried yet you know like so it's it, i think it's um it's, it reflects more what, what goes on in your life yeah having said that i wanted to really stress that um hut for the will to people is a movie that everyone should see it is hilarious should we tie the bow on boy we should tie the bow on boy by talking about so, the one contentious thing that we have about this movie I, yeah I ag- I agree that it's a re- it's well made you know there is really good points I think the stuff that it talks about it talks about it really well it's it very, makes it it's very effective in its direction yep uh, the acting's really the acting's really good um, I love the sort of weird imaginative kind of feel of it where it's a bit like boy's head where some of it is sort of maybe yeah. A little bit more fantasy than what's really going on. Um, I just don't think it. I just don't think it went any anywhere. I it didn't give me any sort of closure. And um, when we both briefly mentioned this, you you, you definitely thought it did. Yeah, so I completely disagree with that. Like, I I think it it is a classic indie movie coming of age thing where start of the movie boy has this idea about his father, and then by the end of the movie, it's a completely different idea. I think, he is, he I think he has evolved as a character. He is not as naive 
about this person, um, and the and his dad is in a different, pl- very different place to when he starts out as well. I just, like, I, I it, definitely, it's just a movie about dealing with with tragedy. I definitely think Boy is in a different and better place at the end of the movie. I just don't think his dad is. I mean, like the scene before the in the final one of the final scenes of the movie is you know the dad sitting next to the mum's grave and it, and boy and his little him brother, being nice boy and the, his little brother Rocky yeah and him being nice but the scene before that is the dad getting really drunk because he can't find his money that he stole and punching holes in the in the uh, walls of the house and and all, all that crap that the kids have to clean up and I just don't think from all that you've seen of him one scene one like like his interaction with his kids is like full of these little moments where he he seems like nice fun nice fun dad but really he's a bit of a he's a bit of a turd yeah i i don't think he, having another nice scene right after such a crap one is i, I is any I, but, but I, I don't think that is the evol- evolution that his character undergoes it is him dealing with grief like and part of the way he dealt with the grief is to start his gang. Yeah, and, but also it was revealed in the film that he wasn't there when his wife died. He was in jail. Yeah, and he just hasn't been able to go and see her grave. He got as far as the fence outside the graveyard, but he never got in there, and never went and saw his wife. And through all the so through sort of uh. It, it's almost as if he's finally coming to terms with the fact that he's a real piece of shit. He knows he's a real piece of shit and that's why he can't go to the grave and then all these things right. happen and he's finally able to do that and his two sons can come together, recognise the fault in his character and have this sort of beautiful moment right at the end of the film. Well, it's-, it's coming to terms with grief rather than him making any material change to his character. Uh, like, it, it's not a movie about big sweeping changes. It's about the little things. It's it's much more subtle than that. Oh, yeah, but I guess I just... I guess I just thought I was looking for more of a... More of a change for him or... Or, or him leaving or him not being... Like, uh, just some sort of a bigger change. And I guess I did that. that it just didn't happen. I, Whereas I didn't think the movie needed that. Okay. Like I thought, I thought if there had been some big out of the blue change, it wouldn't have seemed as genuine as it is because stuff like that doesn't happen overnight. No, I know, I know that, but but I think it brought back to like to me. I was thinking about when I watched this movie. It made me think about all the other kind of movies that are documentary esque. And what I mean by that is that like um, it's meant to be like a uh, a slice of slice some of character's life. life. Yeah, and not at all stylized or fantasized. It's and and that that's what this movie kind of is. I disagree with that. I don't think it's documentary esque. But uh, the, what I've just defined, I mean, you can't can't disagree with the fact that it's it slice is a slice of life, of life. But that doesn't make it documentary. It's a slice of life. We you know made in that with the whole idea of like um, not we're not going to exaggerate things and we're going to let the crappy parts in and there's not going to be any real big change because that's not true to life. All that sort of stuff. It it, it would. That's what I mean by documentary esque, right? And I just don't like that because um, what I'm looking for in a fictional movie is is something a little bit fictional, something a, a little bit 
more dramatized and 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 stylized. Something like something where yeah, there is a little bit more of a so, bigger change. Something that's a little bit more uplifting. Would you say? I mean, I, I don't mind for? watching movies that aren't uplifting, but I was just looking for. I don't know. I guess I was just looking for something more definitive at the end. Um, I'm, 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 Whereas I, I was pretty satisfied with. I with did what we got. I definitely did like where Boy went with it. Yeah, and for me, like because I was really keeping in mind this whole idea of like for me it was a movie about the lies you can you tell yourself when you, and uh, and I liked and, that. And the that he was on one. He he started on one side of that. Where like he, he influenced by all that stuff that his dad does about like you know tell stories. His dad tells stories about how he was in Vietnam, you know, all this stuff that doesn't make any sense. Um, and being on the other side of that, where you know how, how he how he tells his little brother that his dad's not just uh, abandoned them, but he's gone to train to be a samurai. Um, and then when his dad comes back, he like tries to like tell him like, yeah, yeah, dad, tell us about how you know your samurai school, like um, how he's like on the other side of that. And he can understand a little. I think he, I think starting with it, start starting the movie for me, boy, he believes that, or at least like just lets himself believe it. Middle of the movie, it's, it's boy where that sees that all comes into question. Boy sees that's not true, and I think at the end of the movie, he sees why his dad would make up with stuff like that. He he sees it. He sort of comes to accept it. Yeah, in the, a way. Yeah, he, it's not like he thinks, "Oh, Dad, you did the right thing," but more just like he sees he sees why you would do that, yeah, and why you would try and do that to protect um, himself. Yeah, so why he did, why his dad did that to protect him, and why he's doing it now to protect his little brother. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I just I just think that I I was just satisfied with the story that was told and the development in the characters. And that's it good. Didn't, that's a- it didn't need to be a big sweeping. When that that's, that's good and it's a good movie and, and I see I see why you think that and we're just going to talk around and around in circles over and over again about this yeah and you're not going to get <laughs> any further so that, yeah. that that's boy that's boy um we just saw the hunt for the world of people as well which is a far more uplifting yeah it's far more fantastic. viable like coming of age old curmudgeonly person and young person become <laughs> friends yeah but it's it is really funny far more straightforward and uplifting yeah. and just just. Interesting. I, not, not, I, I wouldn't say it's more. It's a more interesting, but there is more like yeah. character to it. Yeah. See, I, I, I absolutely love this movie, and um, I laughed so much. Yeah. So we're not going to spoil this movie because it's only recently. Nah, we're not going to talk about, and that's why we're not going to talk about it for too long. Yeah. But we thought we'd watch it since we were doing Boy, um, and our rec- general recommendation is it's great, especially if you're yeah. if you've gone to New Zealand or you, if you're a hiker or someone who likes to go out bush a, a lot, or if you're just a person. Yeah. Like if you're just a person, the, the cinema we were in was completely packed. It was like a seven o'clock showing on a Sunday night. It was seven o'clock showing on a Sunday night, and just everybody was cracking up constantly. Yeah, and, and was, there, there, there was, was great kids there. Was some couples. There was yeah, us, a bunch fun, of ragtag twenty year olds, ages, um, and it was just just everybody seemed to be really enjoying themselves, which oh, is yeah. which I think is somewhat rare, rare as a cinema going experience yeah like and, it, and it's just a lot of fun it's, it's as good a movie. it's a lot of fun and it's yeah, yeah it, very funny boy you know you got you got to sit down and experience a little bit boy but. boy is very funny in parts yeah but not in the same way that hunt for the wilder people is trying to be really funny all the time no i would recommend it still i would recommend both yeah but i would recommend hunt hunt to, for the wilder people with like less reservation just like just you know whatever anytime go see yeah. it boy is is somewhat 
more of a somber movie and the boy has far more tragedy going on in it rather than yeah. um yeah. hunt for the will of people which has tragedy but that's not really what the story is it, it has tragedy, Whereas boy, focuses on the boy game. like yeah. the you don't initially get the idea that it's about the tragedy of his mum dying like that's not what is immediately apparently about the movie yeah that's not immediately where the movie is going um but that turns out to be what it's kind of about. Whereas yep. Hunt for the Will of People is, there is some tragedy in there, but it's more about this relationship between this curmudgeonly old Australian, yeah. and um, this Australian dinosaur hunter, and <laughs> um, and this little New Zealand kid. You know what? I, I actually picture Sam Neill now as the vampire lord from uh, Daybreakers. Really? Yeah, definitely. Not in his like khaki shorts and yeah, because hat. I mean, I love Jurassic Park, and I was a big dinosaur guy. I mean. But, you know, every geology major has definitely seen Jurassic Park. But yeah. I think he just had a lot more acting to do <laughs> in Daybreakers. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I like him more in that one. Also, I, I, I'd like to explore the idea of Sam Neill as a um, villain because I think he did villain a villain really well. I think he actually in does villain better than he does hero because he's just not that all much. Like, he doesn't just like, look like much of a heroic guy. He did, you know, he can do Grizzle Old Man. He's great. As well. He's great in Rake. He is great in Rake as well. <laughs> as like sort of like a weak chinned uh, guy who has sex with dogs. <laughs> but we digress. Yeah. Um, we digress. And on the same vein, uh, what, so we, what we, we do in the we'll, shadows we'll, is like that. Should it's we say funny. what Hunt for the Wilder People is even about? <laughs> Watch the trailer. It's like about this New Zealand, um, it's set in New Zealand again. Um, it's about this little kid who is. Um, he's part of the foster. He's part part of the foster yeah, care system. Part of the foster system. He gets he, he gets allocated to this um, this old couple who live in out, right out next in the bush. At, right, yeah, out in the bush in New Zealand. Uh, old commercially Sam Neil and really nice warm. His, uh, I can't remember his name. But his his wife. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some stuff happens. Childcare welfare wants childcare welfare. Child welfare wants to. Uh, take him back and he doesn't want to do that so him and Sam Neill go out bush yeah and it's a very very snapshot like idea of the movie but that's pretty much it yeah that's uh, pretty much it but it's very very funny yeah and what um, we do in the shadows just to talk about it for a little bit just a little bit because alright well let's let's sign yeah. off on Hunt for the Will of People that's what it's about it's a very good movie go out and see it yeah what we do in the shadows really good movie go out it's and see it mo- don't take your kids to see it though <laughs> It's not in the cinemas anymore, so you can't take it. Go out to, anyway. to somewhere and go see out. <laughs> go to a park. To a <laughs> go to a park. Take your laptop. Get, get a dumbbell do, and watch it. Yeah, so it is like mockumentary style, like Borat style. Yeah. Um, documentary about these three vampires that are living together, and it is just hilarious. Amazing. Set in New Zealand. Yeah, it's it's got that whole thing. Like, I think people don't tap into this enough, and it's the same thing that I've gone on rants about previously on the podcast about X-Men and the terrible direction the X-Men movies have gone in. Because the reason that everyone loves X-Men is because it is the soap opera of comics. It focuses um, way more on on um, who's sleeping with who, school field trips. It's like a high school drama. What people with superpowers deal with on a small scale, on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and what they do in the shadows. Yeah, it's like or what we do in the shadows. I can't remember which one it's called. Um, 
He's very it, it similar. It deals to with that, like yeah. what a vampire on a day to day basis would. For do instance, with, no for one. Instance, yeah, like, not they're not allowed to cross a, cross a threshold without being invited in, so they can't get into nightclubs yeah. unless they are invited in by or the vampire. Or for instance, if they want to go out to a nightclub, they have to get dressed up, but no one can look in a mirror, so they have to sketch each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then none of them are like good at sketches. <laughs> uh, just all, all that kind of stuff, and it, it, it's it's great. And I think uh, people haven't tapped into that enough. Just like, the ridiculous things about there is vampires. such a market for that. Just in general, like weird people, superpowered people, monsters. I don't know fairy tale characters, Ghosts, knights, ladies, ghouls. magicians. You need to have a look at like. Just their random day to day stuff. People love that. It's like Big Brother, but also vampires, <laughs> and it's it's great. It's what I think about. It's definitely what we think about. It's like it's like really fleshing out that little conversation that you have after like a hardcore vampire movie, where you're like, "Yeah, I really liked that interview with the vampire." You know when they were just living in the house? How do they look at each other in the mirror? Like, how do they get dressed? How did Lestat have such great hair? You know. Like, <laughs> And that, that's just what this movie is. And the answer is because they're magic vampires, Sam. Yeah. And they sparkle in the sunlight. It's bloody great. It's, 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 it's really good. So, so that that's really fun. That covers that one. You know, not to spoil yeah. any of the jokes for you. Um, he also directed this other... So, Taito Waititi... Um, <laughs> if that is his name. If that is his real name. We just try and say it faster he, and faster so that we don't have to... And, and not draw attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he directed this other movie called... Um, it's it's called like Eagle and Shark or Eagle versus Shark, and it's just Shark and su- Sharknado. No, but it's just <laughs> super weird. Is it like um? It's like it's like Napoleon Dynamite. What's that other weird movie that we watched recently with Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. No, it's nothing like that. It's not that weird. It's it's weird like Napoleon Dynamite is weird. Okay. Whereas just these characters are just super odd. I wouldn't really recommend it because I didn't think it was all that good. Okay. It was just too weird. But it's set in New Zealand and by the same director. Um, and that's all I have to say about okay, so that. It's on Netflix, I think. That's our mate, TW. Yeah. Um, as we call him now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we, um, we ramble about that for a little bit. Yeah. But the, the reason that we talked about the gr- apocalypse They had a stuff, great New Zealand rugby team joke. <laughs> that they're not human. <laughs> Yeah. They're actually like a government project, <laughs> which is uh, a, which is an idea I can get behind. Yeah, but the, bloody the, all blacks. The reason that we talked about the apocalypse, apart from you know that we were just interested, and when this director is that uh, it's pieced down a little bit, you know, a fair amount this week. But I really had done nothing, so we we just wanted. To I talk mean, we about don't need to draw attention to that. Well, we'll talk about it anyway. So uh, having having ranted about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a pick a TV show, Pete? Pick a TV show. Yeah, because I've just been doing nothing. But You've been doing nothing. Okay, so I binge watched Game of Thrones last night. Yeah, like we, I came yeah. over to Sam's place last night, um, and brought with me the final few Game of Thrones episodes that he hadn't seen yet, and we were like, "Oh, we'll just check this. This works." <laughs> and we watched an entire episode, and then went into a hunt for the Wilder people instead of recording. Because... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yep. Yeah, that's what happened. TV, yeah, it's what happened inside into our life. Yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. it's pretty rough, you know. It's yeah, tough. It's, being it's us. a tough life. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> as such mature adults. Anyway, what's yeah? I started watching Black Books again because it's now on so, Netflix. The Dylan Morin, Dylan Morin creation. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, his wonderfully cynical bookshop. Yes. Yeah, so Dylan Moran plays this um, character called Bernard Black, owns a bookshop, um, and it follows him and his... The guy um, who looks like a parrot's in it? Uh, Bill something. Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey, who, I mean, <coughs> the balls that guy has <coughs> to pull off that haircut yeah, is insane. He's, like, he's got like insane male pattern baldness and just the longest... like He has just, he has just gone hair. with it. He has done... Absolutely zero to address his baldness. <laughs> and that results in like half of his head, the, the front half of his head, bald. The second half, really long, gross long, hippie hair. locks. Yeah. And it looks unique. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So it follows um, uh, Bernard Black, uh, Bill Bailey's character, who's called Manny, yeah. and um, the woman who owns the shop next door to... Black's books, um, called Fran, as like their various exploits yep. over the course of three seasons and eighteen episodes, like all good British comedies, and it's, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> and it's still in Lauren, guys. Like, yeah, it's if just you him have being seen a him drunk, at all, bel- drunk, belligerent, yeah, idiot. You'll understand that this is something you want to see. Yeah, I would also recommend any of Dylan Moran's stand-up. Um, he's one of my like stand-up heroes, Dylan Moran. I think he's just fantastic. Um, he's like the, I think he's the greatest off script, uh, comedian. He, he, he has no jokes to speak of. It's just him with a bottle of wine. Yeah. It, it, it's just him time. and he's just funny and he just talks. Yeah. He just riffs for yeah two and a half hours. Never written a joke in his life. <laughs> you know, like just, just, just riffs. Yeah. Is there, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Black Books? Is there, is there, is there a favorite episode since it's so old? So I, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's. It came out in 2000, which when you think about it, isn't that old. But when you really think about it... It is old. It is very old. Because that's mean, like 16, 16 years, years ago. Old. Yeah, I know. But like, I don't know. Uh, the 2000s, yeah. in my mind, aren't all that old. Because we were born before the 2000s. You know what? Um, I was humming in the car yesterday. Uh, I was uh, humming Strawberry Kisses in the car. Ugh. How old is that now? About 16 years. Yeah, something like that. I've been missing you Strawberry Kisses for 16 years. Yeah, my favorite episode I would have to say is the one where um, uh, Manny plays a piano. You look at me like I know. Have you not seen it? Never watched an episode of Black Oh, Hawks. fuck you. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a great episode where. Um... Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. That's put me off. <laughs> so there's this great episode. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, there's... A- <laughs> I, I drank some beer just as Peter did something funny. <laughs> You'll probably oh. cut this out, I'm sure. Never. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on, go uh, on. This is great radio. Anyway, <laughs> there's this great episode where um, Fran buys a piano and decides she's going to learn the piano. Right. And she gets this, like, old, blind German man teacher... To, to go and teach her, and she's she just horrible, just so bad, incredibly terrible. Yep. And um, Manny has this whole thing at the start of the episode how um, he his parents never let him play the piano when he was a kid. They made him play sports in teams, and he would look in the windows of all the other children learning to play the piano, enjoying themselves. <laughs> um, and it turns out that he is just a god 
at piano. Like he, everybody else has left the shop and he's just kind of there listening to the radio. Yeah. Sits down at the piano, listens to the radio, goes, is reading his paper. Da da da. da just hits a hits a piano key. Da, 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 keeps reading, blah blah blah, listening to classical music. Hits a couple more keys in tune with the thing, yep. and then just start, starts playing this. That's because Bill Bailey is really musically talented. Yeah. yeah. So, so he shows that off in this episode, and then um, Fran, because her teachers like her teachers really harsh on her. He's like, you got to you got to practice overnight so you can learn to play this song. And I, I'm like this world renowned teacher. You got to yeah practice. Blah blah blah. Um, so the next day when she's having a lesson, since he's blind, he sits down and plays <laughs> the songs for her and just overnight has yeah. um, built up to his standards and a lot of hilarity ensues from there. Well, it sounds just cracker, just top notch. Fuck your condescending, <laughs> you prick. No, it sounds good. Anyway, yeah, that's a good show. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah. Yeah. Enough Moving said. on. So, yeah. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Uh, video games. Pew, pew, pew. So, you've been... You talked to me about two of them. Yeah, like, you've, you've played virtually nothing except for lots of Destiny. I played which is lots a, which of is Destiny. an idea that I can get behind. Yeah. Um, Always. But I've played a little bit more yeah. than that as well. Almost hit max max light level in Destiny. Pretty excited. Yeah, you surpassed me, which I was a little... About that. Yeah. A little annoyed. I about. max leveled entirely through... PvP content. Which is good. Not entirely, but... What you want. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, I played through, which I mentioned last week, I played through Batman Arkham Knight, which is the latest Batman game, came out last year. Yep. About this time last year, so I'm yep. I'm early to the party, as you can see. And I, uh, um, I thought I'd played through this game. Have you not played through it? I've watched a playthrough of the game. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically... It's it's the first of the Batman games like set in Gotham City. It's the third of the trilogy. You had Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City, and, and Origins. Now, All of Arkham which I've, I've played. Yeah, yeah, Arkham Origins um, is not considered part of the trilogy by the studio because it was made by a different studio. Different Joker too, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Troy Baker, who plays Sam in Uncharted 4, and um, uh, the... Bub, 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 the main guy that you play as in The Last of Us. Yeah. But they're all the they're all sort of Hamill style jokers, so it's, it's yeah. not much yeah. of it. So them. Mark Hamill's back for this one. Okay. Um I think. I'm pretty sure. And Kevin Conroy is Batman. Which um, is great. Yeah. Uh yeah, and it's like so the the idea is Scarecrow is fear toxins Gotham and they've evacuated the city and Batman's got to stop him. Entirely new concept. Never heard of it before. Yep. <laughs> they, have, they find some convoluted way to make sure that there's no civilians in the city yep. in this open world. But the toxin is affecting everyone right? and uh, that includes Bruce. Yes. And that's causing him to hallucinate the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. But, which is how you tie him into it. I love how they've done that where it's sort of a you're part of me kind of Relationship yeah, so that he has the Joker, with Joker. The, for those who don't know, and a bit, a bit of a spoiler, but the Joker dies at the end of Batman Arkham but he's City. He's so not. You know, you and know, he, in some way, he's he such back. a part. Like the real interesting thing, like the dichotomy between Batman and Joker is they just go together. Like, yeah, they're almost like. I mean, the Joker certainly talks each other. about Batman like a like a lover. Yeah. Would um, like yeah. A, yeah, and in some weird way, 
Batman reciprocates. Mm. Um, like, that's, you know, he would never, he would never kill him. Like it'll just be a constant back and forth. Yeah, but from my memory of that playthrough, anyway, it looked like uh, all the good bits of all the Arkham games were there. Yep. So um, the they'd added in vehicle combat for no good reason. And it was yeah. Totally so fun. it's got all the the combat's improved. It's really fun. You got all the detective vision stuff. You're solving mysteries and whatever. But then they also decided to add in the Batmobile. And the Batmobile, how it works is the Batmobile's got like two modes. You've got your fighty tank mode and car mode. And you can switch between either one like really quickly just with the holding down the left trigger. And there's a lot of like, so it basically turns into a tank. Yeah. And there's a lot of shooty tank sequences. Shooty tank stuff. And that's a big proportion of the main story. And Which is just not cool. Yeah, like I really enjoy the game. It has, I think, the best story out of all of the games. Um, it's relatively well paced. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very interesting, mature story. Um, but then it has all these weird tank bits in it, which I just wasn't a massive fan of. It's yeah. just too much of the bat tank in there. Yeah. I liked. Um, I like any any story about any superhero. Um, or any, any story even. Any you, hero you just that, like to hear that, people speak. <laughs> any hero for that matter, where um, it, it's like the, the end of their cycle. Yeah. You know, where they're like, know all their, uh, their stuff and all their, everything's well established. I think it comes from my like ingrained phobia of origin stories from all those origin stories that we've seen over and over again in movies. Spider-Man. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, so I, yeah, I, I enjoy all that kind of stuff. I think that's why I watched the playthrough of it because I, I, I saw it's very a, much some enough. brief gameplay and was like, oh, it's just the rest of the other games. Um, but also with this tank crap, I just want to see the story. I'm just going to watch a playthrough of it. Yeah. And yeah. To, to give you an idea of how engaging the tank stuff was, like all the playthroughs out there have just, just deleted that part. <laughs> Um, yeah like it does do some interesting things with the tank like there's some interesting like um puzzle solving stuff you do with the tank and it uses it's using a lot of the riddler challenges yeah and that's kind of cool but just like see there's towards the end of the game and like one of the second last sequences in the game is you in a big tank battle with all these with you, you basically fight drones. Oh yeah, that's another. So thing. they, they, get, that so they can get around with. So they can get around the fact that Batman weak doesn't ass excuse that Batman kill doesn't people. kill yeah. people. The, the idea is, is you're not fighting other tanks. You're fighting drones. Yeah, and it, um, it's just and it's one of the weakest. There, there's this one. There's this one sequence where you basically have to fight like forty of these drones in this area, and it's just not fun. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it, it, that that was a bit frustrating to yeah. me but some of the stuff some of like puzzle solving and platforming stuff they do with the batmobile is interesting okay anyway that's batman arkham knight it's a fun <laughs> game play it if you want i suppose yep and with that that's that's uh, i mean the one thing i wanted to talk about before we go is is um is how you're feeling about the witcher because you just started playing the witcher well yeah, i've already so, talked about so it so i i played through the witcher 2 Recently, and, and then also I've, started I've just started 3. playing The Witcher 3. And I, I just wanted to ask you briefly, because we've already talked about The Witcher 3. Um, I just started, I just stopped it at some point. I I, I thought it was good, hmm. but um, it's not something where I'm like compelled to play it every afternoon. Yeah. It's such a long game, and there's just, 
so much to do and so much side content that is like handmade and not just generic yeah, boring side missions. It's, it's huge. It's lovely. It is an insanely crafted world. It looks... The graphics are just so much better than The Witcher 2 as well. Yeah. Like, going from The Witcher 2 to The Witcher 3 is an insane jump. And The Witcher... Just, just the scope of the game as well. Like, The Witcher 2 is like three acts. It's about 30 hours long. Um... You, you have, like, a main hub area in each act and you have, like, five side missions and yeah. the main and then the main story threads. And that's basically it. So after saying all that about the how good The Witcher 3 is, and I agree with all of that, why do you think um, it doesn't have that big draw to, like, for you to play it over, play it all the time? I, I, you know? I, I, don't, I haven't gotten into enough no, you yet to, to be able to say one way or another. Yeah, I uh, just know. because uh, it seems almost to me for some stupid maybe it's reason just so big. It's so big and full of great stuff that you don't know where to you start. Out, yeah, you don't know where to start, and then you just don't. Mm. Which is yeah, I've not odd. played. I, I don't know. I've just been on other things, but I'm going to be playing some more of it pretty soon. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I said. That's how it started. <laughs> I'll just play a little but, bit of this, and then. But like, I mean, I've only, I've only played like two yeah. hours of it so far. Like. I'll integrate The Witcher with everything else that I'm doing. And then just, just start it. <laughs> I just, will build my life out. around The Witcher. And it just sort of get got pushed out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's it's fine. I really like... I really like... The Witcher 2 is a really good game. Told a really yeah. cool story. A very adult story as well. It's The Witcher. Yeah. But like just compared to something like Dragon Age, which is pretty adult, but this is like... Yeah, I they're pretty think, comparable games, I think. But The Witcher is better. I think The Witcher decidedly better. The Witcher can afford to be a lot more properly complicated mm. and nuanced because it is because it has that reading element. It's almost just the fact that you have to read a lot of crap. There is so much lore to like, really play it, and that that is part of the gameplay. It's not just finding people. The finding is kind of pretty standard um but like you can hack and slash away at some of those some of those monsters if you have not read the crap about them uh like read the crap out of them if you haven't read the bestiary stuff if you haven't researched stuff if you haven't read the quest log right it is a lot harder for you and yeah. and as you get further in the game like uh trying to fight oh you're trying to fight that that big werewolf boss um but you don't He's have just, this specific oil that yeah, you've made. Or you just haven't thought it through. You're, you're totally screwed, man. This is gonna yeah. be this is gonna be needlessly hard. Yeah, you've got to prepare for combat. Yeah, and um, it's it's you beat things with your brain. And that scares away all the young people. One of, one <laughs> you of the know? other big interesting things that makes the Witcher more complicated, I think, is in your in uh, Dragon Age, which is like a Bioware game, it has your very standard, okay, you've got these three choices. This is the dick move, this is the good person move, and this is the neutral move. Yeah, yeah. And The Witcher kind of has that to some extent, but it's also got, in some cases, more choices you can make, but also choices where you think, where it's it's like, oh, this is what's going to happen, this is what I've been doing throughout the whole game. I'm going to yeah. use my my weird witcher hand signal jedi mind trick <laughs> and it's gonna just solve all my problems well actually it does you, solve you, some problems you do a jedi mind trick it tricks one guy but then all the other the like <laughs> other group of people he's with are like 
hey, you mind tricked him. Now we're going to fuck you up. This yeah. hasn't like yeah. diffused the situation at all. I definitely spoke about this in one of the past podcasts, but like the way I deal with things is just to kill them with your sword. Yeah. Well, look, like I'm not in, not indiscriminately, but you know, just from what we talked about, the come back to the po- uh, apocalypse argument, the wild, the wild west argument. Like, uh, the first thing I do in a video game is I get if there's a if there's a, fighting, if there's a fighting mechanic, yeah, if there's a fighting mechanic, I'll get really good at it. Um, and if anybody tries to like get me down, I'm just gonna kill them. If I see someone doing the wrong thing, I'm just gonna be like, hey man, stop. And and then if he says. Yeah, well, I'm gonna stab you if you if if you tell me to stop again. You'd be like, all right, and then I stab him. So you try, yeah, exactly. Because I'm not I'm not gonna stand that kind of crap. And sometimes that comes to bite you in the ass, in The Witcher, and 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 that's that's sometimes frustrating. (laughs) Sometimes doing the right thing is the wrong option. Doing like doing the the paragon option doesn't work out how you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really good that way. So maybe I'll try and get it, into the Witcher. Yeah, it, it's a lot more nuanced in its storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the Witcher. Okay, so um, homework movie for this homework week. movie this week. Yeah, um, it's going to be another gonna, crime thriller. <laughs> yep, um, gritty, serious adult movie. Yeah, um, like yeah. no don't no take, kid no kids for this one. See this. This is um, dark shit. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to watch Mrs. Doubtfire, and <laughs> which um, is about a man pretending to be a woman around small children yeah <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> when you put it like that it could come across as a very different breaking movie. you know restraining what is just a story. transsexual maniac <laughs> who is a compulsive liar yeah and who who, who pretends to be a, a babysitter to get close to the kids he's not allowed to see yeah dark man no, it's a it, scary film. I mean, if you no, haven't seen it's Mrs. A classic, Doubtfire, classic Robin Williams Robin kids Williams comedy. Movie. It's it's great. Um, it's part of our childhoods. Yeah, so we're gonna. Oh, watch, it's so. We're fun. gonna we're gonna watch that. Um, I would also recommend Hook to anybody who's out there. Hook is another great. But we're talking about. We movie. can recommend that next week, okay. Samuel. I recommend that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mrs. Doubtfire homework movie. Um, like always. Uh, one thing you could do this week, which would be a big help to us, yeah, um, is to review us on iTunes. Yeah, um, that is like the big the if you really like our podcast and you want to try and get it out there and make it so that we can even keep doing this. Yeah, reviewing on on iTunes will get it up in the iTunes rankings, so more people will see it and we'll have more people listen to it. Yeah, weirdly and reviews count for a lot. In, yeah, with podcasts. that is, it is almost the most important thing. And um, literally, no one has done it. Yes, so. like your girlfriend did one, and that's it. So, yeah. uh, let's see what. If you could do at. that, that would be we sure would appreciate it. We see you um, listening. Just review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash be with Sam and Peter. Yep. We're on Instagram. Do the, all that stuff if you want to. Do all that stuff. But the stuff. main thing is review. Yeah. Really. Please, it, please it, review. It Weirdly, it, it helps a lot. Um, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't even matter what you say. So, yeah. Yeah. If you if want you, to review if you, love, if you love us, give us a good review. If you hate us, give us do, a good review. <laughs> just be kind. Yeah. Please, we beseech you. Be constructive. You can be mean, but be constructive. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with insightful criticism. Yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, that's, that, that's our little plug. That's it. We're, we're usually not so upfront about it, but um, but we're having we're we're trying to trying slowly, to build the brand. We've slowly seen brand the people synergy. that are listening grow. Yeah, and uh, we know what's happening, um, but but they they don't, and <laughs> and a way of showing that we've got growth is is to do this reviews. Yeah. This review, so it really helps us. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening and you're like uh, one of our close friends and you haven't reviewed, you should. Yeah, basically dead to us. Yeah, you're basically human stuff. 